Well, Tammy and I, I feel like there's so many exciting things on the horizon. Um, you know, if you, if you don't know a lot about Legacy City Church, we, um, we got our beginning by dipping our toes into a stream. We were in a season of searching, trying to find, I'm not going to tell the whole story, trying to find our tribe. You know, I've heard this guy named Chris say, if you find your people, then you'll find your destiny because your destiny is in your people. And we needed to find our people. We needed to find our tribe or our stream. I like to call it a stream because it's, it's like a big river and there's a lot of churches all around the world that are, that are in different streams. And so the stream that we dipped our toes in was uh, mainly sourced with Bethel Church in California, Redding, California. Tammy and I got the prophetic word to go plant that church. God knew exactly why we were at that conference, not knowing anybody, and we got a word, go plant that church. And so that's what we did. We set out on the journey with just the two of us and our kids in the living room. And, you know, it's been a wild season last year with COVID and lockdowns, and no one's allowed to have church and buildings, especially if you're renting. Now, if we had this space, we would have probably just kept on having church. Probably. Probably. (laughs) Um, and we could talk about the, our theological reasoning for actually going against a governor order, but that's not what we're going to do today. But that was, a, that was a rough season. We ended up back in our house, and awesome people like Kelly, you know, and Tao and Judy here, you know, faithful Judy, faithful. She's just, she's, she's my mother-in-law, yes. Mother in love. I'll, I'll blink at you really big as I say that. You know, so we, we had our handful of folks in our living room, and we knew that we needed to venture out to find a space again. And, uh, you know, I figured, I was just thinking, even though we weren't, like, in an ideal setting, I, I felt that in my heart, once the new year came and once the election stuff settled, that we would be able to seek uh, space. And many of you already know I'm a mail carrier in this area, and I... I deliver mail to this complex, and uh, that's how we ended up in this place. And God totally opened the door and blessed, blessed the owner of this complex, Dr. Kessler. And uh, it's just been a sweet process. So I, I say all of that because something really beautiful began with our dipping our toes into the Bethel stream. And ever since then, we had considered ourselves part of Global Legacy, which is their network. And then the network changed and became Bethel Leaders Network. And Bethel Leaders Network um, is a little bit more of a commitment. Um, There's there's more requirements. It's not something that just any church can put their name on the website list and, hey, now I'm part of Global Legacy because that's what happened before. You could be a Catholic church or a Lutheran church. We've seen them all on on that website when it was like a map. It's kind of like a go find it on the map, a church that's, part of Global Legacy, and you'd see stuff that has nothing to do with Bethel or Global Legacy, but people used it as a way to get their church seen, free advertisement. So Bethel Leaders Network um, became the next step for Bethel Church, and it's been in our hearts to, to connect in that 
that way in that level because really our DNA is uh, in a large part responsible for the things that we have been absorbing from Bill Johnson and Chris and every everything that's been coming out of that house in California. I mean, we use their worship for for the last a million Sundays now, um, ever since the beginning. So. So Tammy and I have had some conversations, and I, I promised everyone in the room I did not break you, so I'm trusting that, and that's okay. Okay, so no, we won't, we won't try to embarrass you or anything, um, but we do just want to bless you. So, But we're talking about our connection, so um, our connection with Bethel Church. We've chosen to go forward with another step of actually becoming an official Bethel Leaders Network uh, couple and church. And we have some really sweet friends, the, the Proctors, Michael and Penny Proctor, and some of you might know them or might not. Um, someday you probably will get to know them because they'll pop in here. And uh, they're the ones that brought the Bethel students here about a, two months ago, a month and a half, whenever that was, our second gathering in this space. And uh, Mike and Penny are just sweet friends, but he is part of that whole process of us becoming a part of Bethel Leaders Network. I say all of that because I feel like it's not like an every Sunday thing where we go over our vision and our values and all that stuff, but, but I do want to, because this is a new thing, I, I don't want this just to be a private celebration that Tammy and I have, and no one really knows what's going on. I mean, we're um, in the process of submitting our application and references and stuff, and we're just, I mean, we're confident that it's going to come through. Um, that's not a concern at all. It's, we've got Galen and Danette down in Oregon who are cheering us on as well, and they've been a part of it for forever, as well as the proctors. So, you know, the Bible says in Proverbs 29, I think I got the verse wrong, didn't I? I, I put that up before, and everyone was like, that's the wrong reference. But it's the right verse. It may just be the wrong street number, so I'm not sure. You guys could look it up if you feel like it. But the scripture says, and this is from the Passion Translation, when there is no clear prophetic vision. I'll just pause on that. Now, you might think, oh, the Passion Translation. It's kind of that Bethel Stream translation, and they use the word prophetic in there. Well, the English Standard Version, which is one of those uh, versions of the Bible that many uh, Reformed theology pastors use. Mark Driscoll from Mars Hill back in the day, it was like English Standard Version is one of the most accurate word-for-word -word modern translations. And that modern translation translates it prophetic vision. A lot of versions take the word prophetic out. Maybe, I don't know why, but they just take it out. But, but the scripture is clear in the Hebrew that this is speaking about prophetic vision. That means without seeing ahead of what God is showing us, without putting that in front of us, the, the picture that God has in his heart of what my life looks like, what your life looks like, what our gatherings would look like, what our city would look like as heaven begins to invade in our lives, in our church, in our city, our families, as heaven comes in and, and we... We welcome in the transformation of the kingdom of God to come into earth. We, we then see what that looks like before it happens. That's what faith is. Faith is seeing it before it actually takes place. You know, if we could already see it, then it doesn't require faith. But faith 
in the prophetic vision is running into something, taking hold of something before you actually see it. It's calling the things that are not as though they already were. So like for us and and for you guys, we would encourage you, whether you're struggling in an area and you know that God says something different about you that maybe you're not currently experiencing, like let's say, let the, the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. But I'm weak. I'm walking in weakness. I'm, I feel sick or I'm struggling with an illness. But the Bible is telling us, let the weak person say, speak out, I am strong. You, know, you begin to, to declare something over your life, over your circumstances before it actually happens. And, and God is telling us, he's the God who declares something to be before it actually is. And because we are created in his likeness and in his image, he has placed the power of life and death in our tongues. So your words are powerful. What you speak and what you agree with in the earth is powerful. So, man, that's like a little bit of a rabbit trail from prophetic vision, but it all kind of ties together because we see something prophetically. We see heaven's vision for something we know what the bible says about a kingdom order a kingdom situation how how it is in heaven you know in heaven there's no sickness in heaven there's no uh fighting there's no jealousy other than jealous heart of god towards you when when you're being drawn astray by other lovers but that's the only kind of jealousy that's that's okay it's that godly jealousy 29, 18, 29, 30, 23. I don't know where that came from. Someone remind me to fix that because I keep copying and pasting that slide into other, into other presentations. So we want to keep prophetic vision before us. When God told Tammy and I, I uh, you're here in this building, this, not this building, but we were at that conference uh, looking for clarity and direction. And we wanted to plant a church. And then that young lady from Bethel said, your God says you're here for clarity, direction, and you were to go plant that church. Well, you would imagine we've held that word before us. From when the times looked like, is this really going to happen? We kept the promise of God that he spoke to us. That rhema word of God that came through another human. We held it close to us. And we've always kept it before us when it was looking confusing. Maybe when people that we thought would be with us for a long time chose to go somewhere else. Maybe somebody got offended and they, they didn't like something being presented to them. Um, maybe it was felt confrontational, even though you know, it was never intended to be confrontational, but in love. You know, things happen in churches. Many of us, if we've been in church long enough, you've been offended. I've been offended. Have you ever been offended? Judy, have you ever been offended? Never. I want you guys to have her lay hands on you at the end of this meeting. If you've ever been offended in a church, go to her. She releases the anointing of breaking that offense. She's, gonna, she's got that breaker anointing. So, so we keep prophetic vision before us. And so I, I preface everything with the whole Bethel Leaders Network and us preparing to step into a more of a covenant relationship an agreement this isn't just like ah, we'll just kind of lean in towards Bethel for now no we're actually we're going to dive in um, because we feel that that's our that's our tribe that's our stream um so 
I want to tie that in with vision and give you guys just some, some snippets of what, what that means for us as a church. What, is, what does that mean is going to drip into our DNA, into our chemistry? You know, we come together as a group of people and we all have a chemistry and then God starts to move and do things that, that gets emphasized and highlighted and it becomes like a part of, you know, we grab hold of it. And we're like, yeah, that's good. That's God. That's Bible. I want it for myself. This church is grabbing a hold of it. I want to grab a hold of it with them, and this is my, my tribe too. So that's kind of what we want to lay out. So last week, well, before we go into that uh, last week, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. So if you don't have vision, what God has for your life in front of you, you're going to wander. The Bible, other versions say you, they cast, the people cast off restraint. There's just nothing to keep you committed to a path or a course. So you just throw it off and you just kind of go, you know, get blown around by whatever is happening. Maybe you're, you know, more prone to be emotionally led or um, like me, you know, led by, I don't know, I guess it's emotions. Us guys, we tend to get angry at things. Women are more sensitive and, you know, us guys. Anyway, I'm going down a weird trail there. But when you follow the revelation of the word... Aha, we need revelation. We need the light to come on when we get revelation from the word. And that is the written word of God and the rhema word of God. The written word of God is the Bible, and you can go to the Bible, and every promise that is in that book is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And if your life is in Christ Jesus, if you belong to Jesus, and he lives inside of you, and you are his, you are his possession, then every promise of God is yours to claim and declare over your life, over your family, over your destiny. It's yours. And it may be a battle. You may have to speak those promises over and over. But we are invited by God to step into that kind of battle where we fight for his promises to be manifested in us and in our lives. And then there's the rhema word. When someone hears what, it, what comes from the written word, but may not be an actual scripture verse, but we can, we can line it up against the scripture, like uh, put it in the light of the Bible and say, does this line up with the book? Does this line up with the plumb line of God's word? Then we can submit the, the, the spoken rhema word of God that someone gives to us, like what, what I was speaking over some of you. You can take that word and you can flush what's not in the Bible and you can hold on to what you know is biblical and true. Does that make sense? Okay, so... So, when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss will fill your soul. Now, that is passion translation bliss, because that's probably not in the Hebrew, but maybe it is. But who wants heaven's bliss to fill your soul? I want it. I want the joy of heaven. I want supernatural impartation of the kingdom of God to fill my soul. To, and you know, That includes your mind and your emotions and your will. I want it all. I want God to just invade every part of who I am. And that will happen when we keep his promises before us, when we keep the prophetic vision. So part of our prophetic vision as a church is to have certain things in place that we're, that we're looking after, that we're going after. You want to add anything to that's not on here, that just what you feel we're going after, or what God has shown you that we're, that we're building, that he's building and we're co-laboring with? So one of, yeah, one of the, your foot's on there. 
thank you. Uh, one of the main things for us is healthy families and healthy marriages. And um, what's going to be um, down the road um, is Sozo Ministry, which is inner healing ministry. Um, that's just so gentle, and it's you seeking God. What what lies am I believing? Sort of stuff, and it's just so central to everything that we're going to be doing. And um, and even before Sozo, yeah, and even before that, we're gonna. I mean, just even on you know Sundays and stuff, going after freedom and and yeah healing and those are just huge for us we want to see people not just emotionally healed but physically healed too and we've seen it i mean even when we're in our home we saw a lot of healing happening and and those are things that we we want to go after so we we feel that god has called this house to be what we would call it like a, I'm going to throw some words out there. I'm not going to even try to go down the trail of what the definitions are, but an apostolic resource center. We want to be a center, a, a house that contains resources that are apostolic in nature. And that just means whatever is going on in heaven, we want to see that brought into earth. It's like the blueprints of heaven. We are, we are representing and replicating what, that kingdom is like, and we want to bring it into earth. Um, I won't go down the road of apostles. And that's why it's so important, like with us doing these classes on Wednesday nights, that if you can attend, to be there, because it's not just another class. It's us equipping you guys so you can go into your workplace or schools or wherever and, and bring the kingdom. Good. You guys good so far? So quiet. <laughs> Good stuff. You're welcome. There you go. Yes, I need to, I need to fix that. Yeah. So last week we talked about the four cornerstones of revival. So we consider our house, our church family as a revivalist culture family. And that just means we are going after the fresh, constant, new, and current, I should say, not fresh and new. It's just the current move of God. We want to keep in step with the Spirit of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And it's the heart of God that we keep in step with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's easy to run ahead of the Spirit of God, and it's easy to not run with him to just stay back. We want to be walking in intimacy with the Lord. We want to hear his voice. We want to keep in step with him. How many of you know that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he did everything he heard the Father say, or he, he did everything he saw the Father doing. So he had, he had revelation of, he had prophetic vision so whatever he saw God doing, God the Father doing in heaven, he, that's what he did here on earth. And everything he heard the Father say, that is what he spoke. He was so intimate with Father God that he was keeping in step with the plan and the, the purposes of, of God. Bringing the kingdom, the domain of the king, the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of heaven into every place he walked into 
so we're revivalists. We want to we want to have a culture of revival. We want to constantly be um, welcoming the presence of God, emphasizing His presence with us. We want to uh, make room for Him to move and and speak and do whatever He wants to do. So part of being in the culture of revival is to have some of those cornerstones. And I won't reteach it again because we went over it last week. But God is good. Nothing is impossible. Everything was purchased at Calvary, and we are all significant. So, and I would say you could go back and listen to last week's message, but I had a little error on the computer, and it was not recording anything through the microphone at all. It was, yeah, but it'll all get covered another time. But, you know, you guys can figure it out. God is good, right? There's no argument. And if something's not good, yeah, amen. So probably over the next, I'm just going to say maybe once a month, I'm going to make it my aim to tap into one of the 13 core values that Bethel Church uh, promotes, but that we, have a, that we are agreeing to be in line with as a Bethel Leaders Network couple and church. That sounds scary. Uh-oh, 13. <laughs> The lucky number 13, 13 values and their core values. What are these core values? Hmm. Here we go. It's good stuff. One of the, one of the values is one of the, the pillars. God is good. The goodness of God. It is getting in our DNA, in our mindset, uh, so richly, so deeply about the goodness of God that God is in a good mood we need to believe that. We need to be convinced that he's not angry. He's not disappointed with you. He's not ready just to take a stick and whack you upside the head because you're stubborn or mule-headed or whatever, or you just keep falling into the same habit over and over. He's a good, good father, and he's in a good mood because he's good. I'm not going to just go down a road here of trying to preach each one of these, so we'll let it speak for itself. So the goodness of God, God is good. Joy. Salvation creates a joyful identity. Oh, one quick example. When we lived in Seattle, Seattle? Do we live in Seattle? When we lived in uh, Tacoma, we're the home of the Tacoma aroma. <clears throat> when we lived in, in stinky Tacoma, um, Cheese Town. No, I shouldn't go down that road. I need to honor that city. That, was, that, that city put up with us for five years. So um, we knew what church had members that were walking in joy. It was New Song, City Central. You don't need to look it up right now. They could have changed the name for all, all I know. But all I do know is when we would be in the public and I could tell they were City Central people, they were a part of New Song because they had joy. They were marked with joy. They were walking in such a joyful relationship with the Lord. They knew his heart and they were so happy about him that they carried the joy. And I won't say the name of the other church, so... I mean, uh, no. That, don't say it. I, know, I did. It was a Greek word, so you didn't hear me. Don't even go back and look it up. I'll erase it from the tape. There's this other church. I just, I'll say this. They, they're good, Bible-believing, cutting-edge men and women of God. They would be considered Reformed theology, which is good. We need theology that is, we need doctrine that is strong and healthy. We don't want to dive in because we're charismatics and we go by the wind of the Spirit that we fall into weird teachings like everyone's going to go to heaven. Everyone's already saved. 
or what other teachings are out there or you're just or there's no hell you're just as much a part of the Trinity as Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Father. There's all kinds of weird stuff. And you could talk to me later if you're like, but I kind of believe that. No, that's fine. We could talk about it. But theology, if you were to bring some of those teachings to a Reformed theology church, they would slap you upside the head with the Bible. They would be like, that's not biblical. So, but they were so strong with just the written word that they kind, a lot of them kind of they lost sight of the actual relationship that God wants to have with you, and thus their joy got shut down. It became more religious duty to just be in the Word, be in the Word. Leaders are readers. Study, study, study. Read, read, read. It just Whenever I would be around those guys, and we were a part of Mars Hill for a full year, helping plant a, a campus and launch a campus, Federal Way, Mars Hill, and uh, the smell of a library. I could just I think it was something spiritual that I, sometimes I'd pick that dusty book smell off of people, and they were just so, like, into the books, into the teachings and theology, that they had no, there was just no juice there. There was no oil of the Spirit flowing. It was just kind of like the tap was turned way down to a little tiny squeaky dribble. But it was there, you know, because they got the Holy Spirit too. But there is no junior Holy Spirit. So anyway... Okay, I'm going to read through these quicker because I'm just taking way too much time. Yes, I am. Thank you, dear. Okay, so we got the goodness of God. We have joy, which is very important because it speaks. We have hope, hope in a glorious church. Boy, I could preach on that too because a lot of, I'll just say it, a lot of us in this room who have grown up in the rapture is going to happen and then the tribulation is going to come and the Antichrist is going to you know, reign on the earth for seven years. And I still believe that version of it. Um, but there's a lot of people that are in that end time belief system that think that the church is, we're going to get raptured anyway, so why even do anything? Let's just stay in the building. Let's just have our prayer meetings while they all roast out there and get prepared for the hand basket that's on its way to hell. And it's kind of like, instead of being the salt and light in the earth and taking the joyful, spirit-filled signs, miracles, and wonders gospel out into the earth, we separate from the, from the earth. So, so we want to have hope in a glorious church. We want to be that bride of Christ that is without, without wrinkle, without blemish, shining bright with the joy and love of Jesus. Um, honor. Honor affirms value. We'll teach on that at some point. Honor is like the currency of heaven. It is, it is, it's everything. Let me just say this one thing about honor. When you were just a dirty, rotten sinner, not knowing God, not caring about God, not even wanting anything to do with Christianity or godliness, when you were in the dirtiest, darkest place in your life, hating God, God honored you by sending Jesus to come into the earth and to die in your place out of his love and value and honor for you. So that, my friends, is honor. And we have been invited to replicate, to represent the honor and culture of heaven and honor people who are created in the image of God and call out the treasures and the identity that God has over their lives and not look at the stuff, not look at, we are no longer to, to look at you, look at each other according to the flesh. It's easy to pick out dirt, okay? I can find dirt in your life, and you can find it in my life. All I got to do is look in the mirror. I'll find some dirt. You know your own dirt. I know mine. 
we are not called to be dirt inspectors. Jesus said, if you see a you know, splinter in your brother's eye and you're trying to pick out a splinter and you've got a log in your own eye, okay, so pull the log out of your own eye. Get the stick out. <laughs> Man, I could just go weird with some of the things I say sometimes. Just shows you how I grew up, you know. <clears throat> Take the stick out of your eye. There you go. Salvation and righteousness. Aha, salvation and righteousness. Free and responsible. We have been set free. It's for freedom you've been set free. God has called you to walk in freedom, but freedom is not a license to sin. So free but responsible. Salvation came at a cost, and, it's, and Jesus is, is welcoming us into a relationship with him where he gets to lead us, where we get to surrender and submit to his heart, to his will. And that is where we learn to be responsible sons and daughters. We get to grow into maturity as sons and daughters. Does that make sense? Everybody good? Okay. Risk and faith. That's pretty much all I need to say. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Sometimes it just takes a little risk. It's easy to take a risk in this room because this is church. It's not so easy to take a risk when I'm at work dressed like a mailman and God starts pounding on my heart for a coworker and tells me something that he wants me to say to them and I'm going to look weird because I'm going to walk up to them and go, um, this is going to sound really strange, but I feel like I'm hearing something for you. Can I tell you? And they're going to be like, okay, I guess. Faith takes risk. It's going to take risk to step out in faith and pray for that person at the grocery store or pray for that customer who's getting one of your juicy Costco samples. Well, is it still bagged up? You can't touch it? No. Okay. COVID. Yeah. Pre-packaged. So, yeah, you can't touch it. But you can still touch them lightly if you want. There you go. <laughs> scared her. She got whacked at that. So... It, it, takes, it takes risk. It takes faith. And that is, that is the culture of heaven that God wants to release into our hearts, is a culture of faith, a culture of risk. The prophetic, God still speaks. Every one of you can hear the voice of God. You were designed to hear the voice of God. The Bible says you all may prophesy. Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians that you all may prophesy. He prayed that you all would speak in tongues. And he said, I speak in tongues more than any of you, but he wants all to prophesy because it's prophecy, speaking the heartbeat of God into the lives of people, taking the, the treasure that God shows you from heaven and calling it out here on the earth, that sets people free. That sets people into momentum to run with God. Chris Vallotton had a, a couple guys come to him for prayer and he all he knew was God said to declare this over the one guy God says you are a holy man I think it was a year later that guy approached him and he said you don't know this but when you said that over my life I was addicted I think it was to methamphetamine and as soon as you said that over me that God says you're a holy man psh, something broke and he never went back to the drugs again Chris didn't lay hands on him. He didn't pray for him. He just spoke a declaration that the Spirit of God said into his ear and into his heart, and he released the word, and it set the guy free. We have been called into a relationship with God where we get to hear the voice of God, and we get to release it to bring life, to bring freedom, to bring hope, encouragement. Prophecy, the, the purpose of prophecy is to edify, to build up, and to comfort 
It is not to embarrass and to humiliate. So we don't prophesy everyone's garbage. Okay, they already know what their garbage is. They need to know how God thinks of them. Okay, a couple more things, and we're almost going to wrap this up here. Valuing his presence. Um, if you ever looked at our church website, we have like what we call it. It's like a triad. You know, our three, our three, man, there's so many different things that we want to like put in the top place. But before anything else, we want to value and honor and welcome the presence of God. If he's not in it, I don't want to do it. If the presence of God isn't moving and showing up in our meetings, I just want to close the doors and pack up everything and say, guys, just go find a church where, where God is moving. I want his presence. You want his presence. We all want to, to flow in the river of the presence of God. And that's why we're here, and that's one of our strong values. It's actually our top value. These aren't in any particular order, by the way. Focused on his presence. Grace and empowerment. Responsive to grace. Hmm. So the grace of God is not a license to sin. The grace of God is actually what we each need to grow in. The grace of God teaches you, and it teaches me, according to Titus, I think, the grace of God teaches you to say yes to the things of God and to say no to sin. You want to grow? You want to get stronger in God and grow into maturity and, and, and align your life up with the righteousness and holiness of Christ that has been actually imputed to you? but maybe you're not necessarily walking in alignment with it, but it's still yours as a free gift, but you're not actually walking in it. Kind of wrap your brain around that. That's just how kingdom life is. You're not always walking in what you've already been given, but you've been called to walk in it. And he has given us grace to not walk in some things, but to rise up and grow into the things of God. The grace of God teaches us to say yes to God. See, if you don't have grace, then the first time and the last time you make a mistake, you're going to feel like God hates you. God wants nothing to do with you. You're going to be like, I screwed up. How could God want me to come to him? How can I even walk into God's presence right now? I'm all stained and dirty. I've got sin all over my life. And God is mad at me, probably. God is like, you know, go get cleaned up first and then come to me. But that's not the Bible. That's not God. He doesn't say, go clean your life up first and then come to me. He says, come to me. There's this old him just as I am just as I am without one plea but that your blood was shed for me and you have called say the English words that not old bits is the old English and you have called me to come to to thee O Lamb of God I come that is one of my favorite old hymns and I wasn't even saved when we would sing that in the Lutheran church but it's just as I am. I have nothing to add to the table. I don't have anything to, to put on the table. I got to just come. You just got to come as you are. No plea, no other plea, like good works. Look what I did, God. No, no plea, but that his blood was shed for you and that you have called me to come to you. So lamb of God, I come. Grace and empowerment. Generosity generous like my father now most of you would think oh this is all about money but you know what god cares more about more than just how much you give with finances he cares about your generous heart he wants your heart to be generous in opening up and and giving 
first and foremost to him, generously giving yourself to him, like not holding anything back, but giving it all. We sang it tonight. You know, you can have Christ Jesus be the center of it all. Be the center of it all, generous with your time, giving him your time, your talent, and your treasure. You know, he's worthy of it all, and so we should give it all. I'm not saying give all your money, okay? Or if you've been in this church before, we don't, we don't put a focus on that. Actually, it's Tammy and, and my heart that if someone wants to contribute financially, that they would be motivated by the Spirit of God, and then they, and many of you have done this, you're like, where do you put offerings? And we're just like, well, we got a box back there. Um, so, and, and thank you guys for when you do uh, generously financially contribute because it, that's how we stay in this building. But, but more than just that, we need hearts that are generous with giving of your own time to the people in this room, giving your, your time to one another, being willing to open up your calendar and say, hey, come over for lunch or you know, come hang out at the building with us on an off night and you know, we'll, we'll do some counseling or something like that. You know, whatever, premarital counseling, that sounds like fun. Um, I talked to a coworker uh, just yesterday. I talked to a coworker who lives down the street, and he's got some some rough stuff he's going through in his in his with his family. And I just said, you know what, man? Uh, my church's building is just right up the street. If you ever want to have a coffee there and just let it all out, just if you need an open ear, I'm a good listener. So I want to be generous with my time. Now that means boundaries. Don't just let everyone and everything come and consume your calendar. Have boundaries. Be led by the Spirit. And if the Spirit of God says, make time for that brother or that sister, then do it. Okay. Man, my stomach's growling right now. Jesus empowers <clears throat> supernatural ministry. Another way of saying it, we, we, we want to emphasize a value in our church of releasing the supernatural. When someone needs a miracle, we believe that God wants to release something from heaven into earth. Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done here on the earth just as it is in heaven. So we believe and anticipate the spirit of God to come and release from heaven gifts, encouragement, healing, strength, life, whatever it is, whatever it is we need, we want to release the supernatural. And we don't want to just be Tammy, Scott and Tammy do all the ministry and you guys just sit and get bored wondering if he's ever going to wrap this meeting up because I could drag it out for a while or I could wrap it up. So I'm going to wrap it up. But the thing is, the culture and the value of releasing the supernatural is not for just us. It's for all of you. Our vision for this church is that we would have an army or a house full of people that go out into the community and prophesy and release the message of the kingdom and share the love of God and pray for people, even if they don't know Jesus, if they're willing to let you pray for them, and God shows up and does a miracle, there's a chance they may say, I want to give him my life. We just don't know. Part of what we love are testimonies. So if you guys ever have testimonies and there's something that, you know, you feel like, oh, this would be amazing to share, um, you know, come talk to us and we will make room for that. So that's a good, that's a good idea. I think uh, maybe we'll 
make a point to open up a time for testimonies. I know Kelly has testimonies. This guy walks the streets of Seattle, the mean, dark streets of Seattle, now Capitol Hill, Rainbow Hill. All the sidewalks are, it's like being in, in Oz there. It's the Emerald City. Anyway, but he walks the streets and he gets people sometimes smacking him upside the head. It does happen. So we'll make room for testimonies. I'm not going to do that tonight because I know you guys are like, it's 8 o'clock. Come on, dude, finish. So let's stand up. We're going to read the last two as we stand because this helps. It helps if you just kind of stand. and oh, Yeah, see, it's not so bad. So Jesus empowers supernatural ministry. We, I had scriptures. I didn't think it was going to take so long to get through these. I thought I'd just read them and then go through some scriptures. John chapter 14, Jesus said, the same works that I do, so you will do. In fact, even greater works than these because I am going to the Father. So Jesus purposed, and it's his heart and will, that you and I walk in supernatural power, that we heal the sick, that we raise the dead. That you and me, we get to go cast demons out of people. What does that look like? Well, we won't talk about that now because I don't really know necessarily, but I've seen some things. <laughs> Last two things, family. And that's one of our second triad things for our church, the presence of God and then family. We, Tammy and I, have one, our, one of our mountains that we have been called to, to be influencers in is the mountain of family. We care about family. We want to see families strong. We want to see husbands and wives healthy in their relationships. We want to see families thriving because it's the, it's the, the family core. There's a, another word I was looking for. That, that works. Dynamic. Dynamic core, yeah. The family something or other, it's out there. Um, it's family that speaks. It's what influences our culture and our country more than anything. It's the number one reason for so much crap in our country right now is fatherlessness and broken homes. And the government would love to be family for many people. But we won't go down that path. Okay, family, creating healthy family. And revelation and the word of God. God's word transforms. The word of God. We need the word of God. We are not about feeling good feelings we want good feelings we want our hearts to align with the word of God and say yes with joy but sometimes the word of God comes to us like a double-edged sword and it, it cuts and it penetrates and it divides soul and spirit and joints and marrow and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart according to Hebrews 4 I think it's chapter 4 I don't know it's one of my favorite verse, verses though so we're going to pray we're going to pray, and uh, we're just going to um, not rush out of the building. So if, you, if you're here for prayer tonight and you want some prayer, we're going to take some time. We'll put some music on when we finish praying here. And uh, then you're welcome to fellowship and visit as long as you want. Make sure you sign the, the sign-up sheet for the class starting Wednesday for hosting the presents. And uh, Tammy can talk to you about the the fee for the book and the we're not charging a price to do the conference or the class um, we, we wouldn't need to that'd be kind of weird but you do got to buy your own book and workbook $26 yeah we got a big stack of them back there if you haven't already gotten one through eBay or whatever so yeah cool
That's right, yeah. We don't want anyone to say, oh, I can't afford it, so I guess I shouldn't do the class. No. We want people to do it. Whether you know, So if you can't afford it, just come talk to us. All right, so, Tam, you're going to pray for us? You're going to pray for us. Okay. All right, let's just put our hands out. I don't know why I do this, but it just helps. Yeah, we just want to put our hands out in a receiving posture. Father, we just thank you. We just receive, Lord. We receive your good gifts. Your word tells us that every good and, and precious gift, every good and precious gift comes down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. You never change. You stay the same. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we just we receive, God, what you want to give to us. We receive the correction. We receive the adjustment. We receive the vision. We receive your truth. We receive you, Lord. Jesus, we say you are Lord, and we want your kingdom. We say you are king, and we want your king domain. We want your governing, your ruling to come into our lives in a greater way. So we just, we generously lay our hearts before you, and we say, Jesus, take it all. You can have it all, God. Have every part of my heart and my soul and my mind come and consume this evening with your fire come and consume every part lord jesus our god is an all-consuming fire your word tells us so come and burn away whatever you want to burn out come and revive the places that need reviving breathe your breath over us lord release your life in jesus name